0: May God's grace, his mercy, and his peace be unto you as you hear his word today for the glory of Jesus and that many, many more people might come to know him through this family of faith. Amen. The year was 2014. Donna and I had just recently moved here to Central Texas and I was standing in the hallway at Zion Lutheran Church in Wahlberg. Donna was in the women's restroom, and I was waiting for her. After ten minutes of waiting, it became clear to me that Donna, in her usual fashion, was ministering to someone in the women's restroom. Now, as a recently retired pastor, I was going through the change of being in a church where I knew just about everyone and just about everyone knew me to being in a church where I didn't know anyone and nobody knew me. So I was a little uncomfortable standing in the hallway waiting for Donna. I felt a little awkward with it all. So I I went over to a bulletin board that had a bunch of newspaper articles hanging on it And it was posted right in the hallway outside the women's restroom. So I started reading those articles. And one of the first articles I read was about a church that had recently received a donation of nine acres of property for its future ministry site. And for the very first time, I read the words, Mission Liberty Hill. My first thought was, Liberty Hill, that's an interesting name for a town. It sounds kind of patriotic. I wonder where that is. My second thought was, Mission Liberty Hill, that's an interesting name for a church. I wonder who came up with that. And even though I didn't realize it at the time, God Was getting ready to do something. A year later, Don and I were driving with some friends from California who'd come to visit us. Larry and Linda are their names. And we went uh, to uh, Fredericksburg for the day. And we were driving back, and we decided to take the route that would take us down Highway 29. So suddenly for the first time Donna and I found ourselves in Liberty Hill and I immediately started looking for that church with that missional name. And suddenly I saw a sign, Mission Liberty Hill. But what on earth was that sign doing on a building in a U-Haul storage facility? So, I made a quick U turn and came right back and pulled into the parking lot. And Donna and our friends stayed in the car, and I said, Stay right here, I'll be right back. So, I got out of the car and I went up to the front door and I knocked on the door. No one answered. I peered through the windows, couldn't see anything. So, I started walking back to the car. And as I was walking back to the car, I sensed God saying to me, Boy, get back to that building and start praying for that church. So that's just what I did. Left on our friends in the car, and I just took some time, and I stood in front of that door, and around this building, I just started praying for Mission Liberty Hill. I remember putting my hands, both hands, on the front door of the church and just praying for this church. I didn't realize it at the time, but God was getting ready to do something. Another year passed. And in June of 2016, I got an email from Pastor Frerichs. He wanted to take a Sunday off in July, and he had asked his regular standbrize if they could substitute for him, and none of them were available. So he was now digging around in the bottom of the barrel and wondered if I might substitute for him on a Sunday in July. Well, I prayed about it, and rather quickly, I knew I should do it. God was telling me, yes, do it. So Donna and I, the very next Sunday, June nineteenth, two 2016, we decided we were going to come and worship at Mission Liberty Hill. Now, in those days, uh, we were worshiping at uh, uh, Liberty Hill Middle School. So Donna and I pulled into the parking lot, and park the car, and walk through the front door, and down the hallway, and into the cafeteria. There was Wanda Hutchinson right at the front door, ready to greet us with a warm greeting. And we found our way to our seat, and sat down, and we didn't know it, but there we were, on our way into the something that God was getting ready to do. A lot has happened in the months, and years since then. Indeed, God was getting ready to do something. And Donna and I will be forever grateful to him that he allowed us to be part of this wonderful story that he is writing called Mission Liberty Hill. One of the greatest joys of our life ministry together over many many years has been to have this season to serve the Lord and his mission with you and now on this final Sunday as your vacancy pastor I find myself asking this question how does a pastor express To a church that God has called him to shepherd for a season, his love, his gratitude, his hopes and dreams, his expectations for their future? And the answer to that question is, I really can't do it, but God can, and he does in his word. So today, more than anything else, I want to express three things to you. From God's Word. And if you don't know the drill by now, I don't know if you ever will, please take your Bible (laughs) in hand and get out your message notes. And I'm going to have you turn to a passage in your Bible in a few minutes, but you'll want to get out your notes and something to write with And may I just say that these three things I'm going to express to you from God's Word are really uh, done not just for myself, I'm doing them on behalf of Donna and me. Because I think you know the two of us well enough to know that we're a team together. And um, what I'm sharing from my heart, I'm sharing for Donna and me. And I want to say to you that Mission Liberty Hill is being blessed by a new pastor who uh, he and his wife are a team together. And a lot of pastors and their wives are not. That might surprise you to know. But Pastor Mike and Alicia are a team. And Mission Liberty Hill is incredibly blessed to have them coming. And this would be a good time for me to say that you also see another team here at this church Sunday in and Sunday out. And that's Lindsay and Chris Hunt. Lindsay has the job, but it's a team effort. And I want to tell you, that's a great, great gift. And you don't see it all the time. Well, first of all, I want to express today my love for you My love for you. I want to say to you what the Apostle Paul said to the church in Philippians chapter 4, verse 1. You see it there on your notes. Paul said, Therefore, my brethren, you whom I love and I long for, my joy and my crown, this is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I want to say that I love you deeply, and I love this church called Mission Liberty Hill. And I want to remind you of what I have reminded you of every Sunday since that Sunday in July of 2016 when I first served you, that this love comes from God's love for us in His Son, Jesus Christ, which God displayed for all the world to see when Jesus carried our sins and bore our separation from the Heavenly Father for us in our place so we wouldn't have to do that. So with the Apostle Paul in Galatians 6.14, I say these words, Far be it from me to glory in anything but the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. As followers of Jesus, our love for God, our love for one another, our love for people who need the Lord, it all comes from the cross. I remember the first sermon I ever preached. It was 45 years ago this summer at St. John's Lutheran Church in Oxnard, California. And after I preached that sermon and gave the closing blessing, I walked down the aisle of the church. It was a long aisle, and stepped into the entryway of the church, and there was an elderly woman waiting there for me. Her name was Dora Hanson. And Dora grabbed me by my robe, literally grabbed me, and pulled me up close to her. And then she started wagging her finger in my face, and she said, young man, you did it today, but don't you ever Forget to do it every time you preach a sermon. Don't you ever preach a sermon without mentioning the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Dora, by God's grace, I've endeavored to never forget your counsel. Far be it from me that I should glory in anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why when Paul expressed his love for the church that he pastored in Philippi, he said to this, this to them in Philippians 1 verse eight, you see it on your notes. God can testify how I long for you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And Donna and I do love this church. And each one of you with a deep affection that comes from Jesus Christ. And this much I know when my time comes to slip into eternity. My thoughts will be of my Savior, my family, and God's people at Mission Liberty Hill who I was privileged to serve with for a season. Today I want to express my love for you. And today I also want to express my gratitude for you. My gratitude for you. As Paul wrote to the church in Philippi in Philippians 1, to 3-5, look at that. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for you all, I always pray with joy because of our partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. As I shared with you last week, pastors are not perfect angels sent from heaven. They are flawed human beings. And I hear Donna laughing over there because she knows this firsthand. They are flawed human beings with human imperfections and human limitations. Many years ago, when I was a young pastor, an elderly pastor, who was our church's organist and choir director, was retiring from his position after many years. So, at the end of a church service, we gave him a gift of appreciation, and then he said a few words to the congregation. And what he said in those few words was basically an expression of his gratitude to the church for allowing him to serve the Lord and God's people for so many years in spite of his flaws, failures, and imperfections. And I remember listening to him. And as a young pastor, I was puzzled by his words. Now, as an older pastor, I understand them. I understand what Jesus was driving at when Jesus said in Luke 17, verse 7, So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, as if that ever happens, <laughs> should say, We are unworthy servants. We have only done our duty. I think of the story I once heard of Michelangelo, who one evening, after a long day of painting the ceiling of the Sistine Chapel, climbed down from the scaffolding, wearied after laying on his back for hours painting the chapel ceiling, after eating a lonely supper, he sat down and wrote a sonnet that he called A Sonnet to My Aching Body. And he closed that sonnet with these lines, I am no painter. And I have had many times over the years of my earthly ministry. When I have uh, written in my thoughts my own sonnet entitled, A Sonnet to My Aching Ministry, and closed that sonnet with the line, I am no pastor. And in moments like that, God's grace, his love, his forgiveness, his encouragement has always been there for me from our God and Savior and from you, the people of Mission Liberty Hill. And that's why I want to express my gratitude to God for you and my gratitude to you. And on this Sunday that I conclude my pastoral ministry with you, I want to express my love for you, my gratitude for you, and my prayer for you. And what is my prayer? Well, it is the same prayer that I have prayed over you a number of times before. I've actually taken to calling it my Mission Liberty Hill prayer. And I'm going to ask you to now open up your Bibles to that prayer. It's found in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3. Ephesians, chapter 3. And I'd like to ask you to follow along as I read this prayer. The Apostle Paul prayed for the church in Ephesus. For this reason, starting with verse 14 of Ephesians 3, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. I pray that you, being rooted, and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. My prayer for you in the days to come is threefold, and here it is. Number one, my prayer is that you keep loving Jesus. Keep loving Jesus. As Paul prayed in Ephesians 3:18 and 19, look at those verses again in your Bible. Paul prayed, "I pray that you may have power together with all the saints To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. In your life and in this church, keep the main thing the main thing, and that is Jesus and his love. Memories of Pastor Mike and Donna? Not the main thing. Jesus and his love are the main thing. A new pastor coming to Mission Liberty Hill? Not the main thing. Jesus and his love are the main thing. New plans, new programs, new procedures, new people? Not the main thing. Jesus and his love are the main thing. So always keep in this church the main thing, the main thing, and keep on loving Jesus. It's the most important thing that you can do. This is my prayer for you. Secondly, keep on loving each other. Secondly, I pray that you will keep on loving each other. As Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, verse 17, look at verse 17. I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Over two and a half years ago, when Mission Liberty Hill was in its early days of pastoral transition, I came to Mission Liberty Hill and I preached my first sermon series in February and March of 2018. I preached a six-week message series that I entitled Building Great Relationships, based on the great love chapter of the Bible, 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And in that message series, we spent six weeks looking at what it means to love one another. And friends, I want to tell you that one of my greatest joys in serving here in this place has been to see you genuinely endeavor to apply the truths that I shared in that message series into your life together with one another. And I just want to say to you, keep it up, keep it up, keep it up. In the months to come, as you continue to change and grow together, as you discuss and dream together, do the Jesus thing. Go the extra mile with one another. Remember what 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 to 7 tells us about the real essence of love. Look at that scripture, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrong. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. And you know, as you love one another, then you will be able to truly love the lost. Then you'll truly be able to reach out into our community. And I've seen it happen as you have been growing deeper and deeper in your love for one another. It's interesting to watch how your love, what happens is, not what happens sometimes in some churches that, Uh, people start hanging out with each other and they start liking each other and maybe they have human love for one another but they're not really moving in divine love for one another the love of Jesus Christ but when you have the love of Jesus Christ because you're in an intimate faith relationship with him What happens is you start loving one another, but unlike churches that just have human love for one another, that get very inward, suddenly the more you love one another, the more you are looking out and saying, this church just isn't for us. This church is primarily for those who aren't here yet. And we are called by God in love to reach out to them. This is what Jesus meant when he said, by this will all people know that you are my disciples that you have love one for another so keep loving one another this is my prayer for you i want to let you in on a secret for many years now i have had a little known song that i want a vocalist to sing at my funeral i even thought that this song would be what i would want you to hear if the Lord called me home while I was serving as your vacancy pastor. Well, in the few minutes that remain, that's probably not going to happen. So I want to read you the words of this song We are born one fine day, children of God on our way. Mama smiles. Daddy cries a miracle before our eyes. They protect us till we're of age. Through it all, love remains. A boy moves on and takes a bride. She stays faithful by his side. With love and prayers, they build a home. Raise a family of their own. They share joy and they share pain, but through it all, love remains. Kingdoms come and go, they don't last. Before you know, the future is the past. In spite of what's been lost or what's been gained, we are living proof that love remains. I don't know, Lord, what I'd do on this earth without you. We all live and we all die, but the end is not goodbye. The sun comes up, the seasons change, but through it all, love remains. An eternal burning flame, hope lives on, and love remains. Keep loving one another. This is my prayer for you. And then here's the third part of my prayer for you. Finally, as you keep loving Jesus and keep loving each other, it is my prayer for you that you will keep looking to the future. Keep looking to the future. As Paul prayed in Ephesians 3, verses 20 and 21, look at those verses in your Bible. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This passage is all about the future. And friends, Jesus Christ wants you to keep looking to the future. Look at the next verse on your notes. God's word says this in Isaiah 43, 18 to 21. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the desert. And streams in the wasteland the wild animals will honor me the jackals and owls because I provide water in the desert and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people my chosen the people I have formed for myself that they may proclaim my praise I want you to remember what I'm about to tell you whenever you are driving in your car you are always looking at two pieces of glass in front of you. One piece of glass is a larger piece of glass. It is the windshield. And it shows you where you're going. The other piece of glass is a smaller piece of glass. It's a rear-view mirror. And it shows you where you've come from. Shows you your past. The idea is when you're driving a car is that you keep your eyes on the windshield, what's ahead, your future, and you glance only occasionally at the rear view mirror your past, what's behind you. Because if you just fix your eyes on the rear view mirror while you're driving you're gonna have problems, big problems. In the days to come the temptation will be to keep your eyes on the rearview mirror. Remember the good old days? Listen, if you keep your eyes on the rearview mirror, you're going to run yourself and Mission Liberty Hill right off the road. You need to keep the main thing, the main thing, And keep your eyes on Jesus and the future that he is preparing for you. Yes, glance occasionally at the past. That's good. That's healthy. But don't keep your eyes on it. Keep your eyes on the future. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not? perceive it. Memories are nice, but they will not get you to where God wants you to be. Glance occasionally at the rearview mirror, but keep your eyes on Jesus and your future, and you can be confident. You can trust God that he has a good and glorious future for Mission Liberty Hill. We can expect great things from our great God now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or even imagine by the power of God working within us to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever by the grace and power of Jesus Christ dwelling within you dwelling among you keep loving Jesus, keep loving one another, and keep looking to the future. This is my love for you. This is my gratitude for you. This is my prayer for you. And to God goes all the glory. So I want to close by putting on a stole that I've always intended to put on my last day as your vacancy pastor. This is a stole that I first wore over 34 years ago on the Sunday after Donna gave birth to our daughter Kristen. Uh, It is the liturgical color pink. And it simply says on it, expect a miracle and that's my closing word to you today expect a miracle every time every moment expect a miracle when the challenges come when the bumps in the road come expect a miracle when a step of faith needs to be taken and you wonder if you can really do it, expect a miracle. When you bump into a disappointment or setback, expect a miracle. When you see more and more lost men, women, and families moving into this community and you wonder if they can ever be reached for Christ, expect a A miracle and in faith hope and love therefore with great gratitude in my heart I pray not my final prayer for you but my final prayer for you as your vacancy pastor so I'm going to ask you to stand right now as I pray over you these words from Ephesians 4 Ephesians 3 verses 14 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure with all the fullness of God. And now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus unto all generations Forever and ever. And God's people at Mission Liberty Hill said, Amen and Amen.